Are you guys fired up? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little fired up, but I, um, I, I want to show you a, a few things before I, I jump into this message. Um, and what a great way, in my opinion, to close out this series as we've looked at the movies, and we'll, we'll go into that. But um, just a, a few things that, that I want to show you um, to see. I got my Captain America shield ready. I got that going. You're not that impressed, but I, um, I've got my Avengers Infinity War poster, okay, that's signed by the guy who plays the Vision, Paul Bettany. Yeah, see? You're, okay, thanks for the sympathy. Um, and uh, this, is, this is great, too. This is a Captain America toaster, okay? It's a, a Captain America toaster that you can imprint the shield as you toast your bread. Isn't that crazy? And the, the thoughts as I'm thinking of this message, um, there may be your thoughts, there, there may be more, but um, one thing you might be thinking, this guy's a geek. That's, that's one thought. And, and another thought I, I had in mind is, what was Amanda, my wife, what was she thinking? Um, but this movie, Infinity War, um, came out three years ago. And I think um, Crystal is going to Someone, or Aaron's going to pull up a picture. Okay, this is in our, our old home in Buchanan, and there was this movie contest on Twitter that I won. Thank you, Stacy. Yeah, yeah. They, it's, it was just randomly selected. There were 10 questions presented. I mean, you could have won a TV. I, we, we won that, which is really cool, and, and Sam's in, enjoying that, but... The question was, okay, the question was, where was Peter Parker, who is Spider-Man, where is he from? Does anyone know that answer? Well, yes. Queens. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Ben. You got that? Yeah. He is from Queens. And, you know, already, I'm, I'm a geek. I'm a comic book kid and, and all the movies that have come before, from Superman to Batman, X-Men, all that, the MCU, um, I've eaten that up in my life, and so you have to deal with that. But all, I think what we've been engaged in all summer are these movies that have um, gripped us and, and touched our hearts, and I know that there's some that we haven't covered, but the, you know, with Star Wars and... We could have gone over Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, for that matter, MCU. Um, there's just this great look of, well, there's heroism. There's fantasy, bad guys and good guys, forces of good over evil, the possibility of romance. And I would just say that our hearts and our minds connect to these incredible stories and these fascinating characters and and yes, it's odd and strange, but men and women who have superpowers, who fly, who fight. Um, but as we look above, you know, are fighting for something bigger than themselves. And as we've seen this summer, the movies point to something great. Um, 
and to something greater, which Matt and, and Keith have, have done an awesome job bringing all of that to life. Um, here's, this is, as, this is what Tim Keller shares about these stories. Um, we hear the, these stories and they stir us because deep inside our hearts, because deep in our, our hearts believe or want to believe that these things are true. Death should not be the end. Evil should not triumph. Our hearts sense that even though the stories themselves aren't true, the underlying realities behind the stories are, are somehow true or ought to be. And so what we've been talking about this summer, digging deeper for underlying realities, greater truth. Just like the dad in a quiet place, Jesus, the good shepherd, lays down his life for us. Just like Marlon, the father who looks for his lost son, Nemo, Jesus deeply loves us, finds us, seeks after us, and brings us home. Just like the, the warring tribes in Raya, the last dragon, who come together in unity, the church should and can, and can operate in that same fashion. And Keller adds, Jesus Christ is not one more lovely story pointing to these underlying realities. Jesus is the underlying reality to which all the stories point. They all point back to him. So where do we find ourselves today in light of the big, bad, menacing, powerful, evil, environmentalist Thanos? So I, I realize that some of you haven't seen the movie. If there are, could I get a show of hands of you who have seen the, the movie Avengers Infinity War? Okay, that's a pretty good. And, and those of you who have not, come over to my house. <laughs> we, we can watch it from, from Iron Man all the way up. You know, I, we, it, we, you can hold the shield. It'll be awesome. But, but just come over, okay? Um, but here's a, here's a synopsis. Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, and the rest of the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy unite to battle their most powerful enemy yet, the evil Thanos. On a mission to collect all six Infinity Stones, Thanos plans to use the artifacts to inflict his twisted will on reality. The fate of the planet and existence itself has never been more uncertain as everything the Avengers have fought for has led up to this moment. And if he acquires these Infinity Stones, at the snap of his fingers, he'll be able to erase and exterminate half of life in the universe, in the galaxy. And someone has to stop him. Dun, dun, dun. From Iron Man until now, these... After 19 movies, things have been leading up to this story, the Avengers versus Thanos. Um, so yeah, come watch it with me. That, that would be great. Uh, but let's get to something more important. Um, let's get to these underlying realities. Um, and if you, if you have, everything will be up on the screen for you, but if you have a do, um, if you have your Bible with you, we are in Matthew 16. And as we look at Matthew's gospel, yes, it truly touches upon these themes of good versus evil, 
good guys and bad guys, being on a mission, truthfully for the fate of the planet. But let's, let's look in, in Matthew 16, starting at verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now Jesus asks a very significant question, and I'd go as far as to say that this is maybe the most important question asked, asked in Scripture, asked to us today, um, because we live our lives, whether we know it or not, in response to how we answer that question. Who do you say I am? It's a question of identity. Who am I? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now here are some answers. He was, a, he was a good guy who taught some really neat stuff. He did a lot of neat things and was really nice to people. He taught us how to love each other, and that's good. And maybe he did a miracle or two. All great stuff, but does that really capture the heart of who Jesus is? And his disciples show answer with some pretty good responses of some superheroes of, of, the, of the Bible. And as we see in 14, and they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. All great, but still incomplete. And Jesus asks the question to them, and to us, to you, who do you say I am? And Peter replies in verse 15, 16, sorry, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Man, if Peter could have just stopped there, right? Because he nailed it, he mic dropped it, and he's... Um, the, Ongoing verses go on, and, and he's blessed by Jesus for it. And in 17, Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So in this instance, Peter reveals and knows Jesus' identity for who he is, the Christ. He is the Messiah the anointed one, not an anointed, but the anointed one, all caps. You are it, Lord. You are the king. You are the king of all kings. You are God's son, the one who will make all things right. You are God. And he's the king who loves us, the king who created us, the king who will demonstrate his love and die for us. The scripture reminds us that God has our backs. He has our lives. He knows us and our, he knows our story and he loves us and he knows our future. There's more I want to share. Um, and yes, I did not set this up, but what we learn, um, I think you've saw, seen it already, is number one, we learn about the king. 
who is King Jesus. But we move on to the next part. I think it's, it's number two um, where we learn that the king has plans. Okay, and we'll, we'll discover that in, in um, verse 21. The king has plans. I'm not always clear, and you may not either, of, of when you're reading your Bible and if things are just happening right in time. Um, but what I discover in this passage is, is, is there the possibility that some, some more time could have taken place but, um, between Peter's recognition of Jesus and then what Jesus is about to unfold in his plans. It could be maybe an hour, or let's take a break, or, or days, but in, in verse 21, Jesus continues, um, he, the, the narrative in a way shifts a little bit, and, and Jesus um, tells the disciples in verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. So let's talk about that plan briefly. He'll go to Jerusalem, the, the center of their faith, they're the center of their religious belief um, where the temple is before um, the Jewish leaders, the scribes and, and chief priests. He'll go before his Jewish brothers and, and their people. He's going there. And he will be under this core religious leadership. He will suffer unjustly at their hand. He will be killed. And as it's revealed, as Jesus prepares his disciples, um, it mentions in Matthew four other times, he's telling them what's going to happen. And they know that their leader, that their master, their king, will be crucified on a cross. And he shares this important detail. On the third day, he will be raised. Um, and it's the most glorious and awesome part of this, but it's something that obviously the disciples overlook after hearing what's going to happen to him in his death. And underlying all this is, he must do it. He has to go. In verse 22, Peter, hey, Jesus, come, come, come over here. Verse, Peter took him aside, and he began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. So Peter's response to the king, Peter's response, um, and we're about to read and, and uncover more of, of, of this king in just a little bit, but Jesus, that's a bad plan. And culturally, now that's a no-no, and back then that's really a no-no, and that's not something a disciple would share to his master, taking Jesus aside and rebuking him we realize there's a lot that they had no clue about with Jesus and, and more would be revealed. But um, I, I want to frame it in this way. So like, this is who Peter is talking to. And we, we see this um, gloriously of who Jesus is in Colossians 1 in verse 15. You don't have to turn there. 
But this is Jesus, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus, are you sure about this? Are you sure about your plan? And this is who he's talking to, right? And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Didn't the king have an idea about his plan? Man, if Peter could have just kept his mouth shut, right? Because in verse 17, he, he, he gets it right in just six verses, seven verses or, or, or whatever. Um, it goes pretty bad. And he turned to Peter, verse 23. Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God but on the things of man. So Jesus, this is, this is the way of my plan. This is the way of my kingdom. This is why I, I've come. This is how it's supposed to be, and this is how it's declared to be. It's not making sense to you now, but it will. This is the plan for reconciliation and redemption. It's how we're going to bring people back into a relationship with God. And for you to have life, I'm going to have to give mine away. Keller writes, yes, I'm the Messiah, the King, but I came not to live but to die. I'm not here to take power but to lose it. I'm here not to rule but to serve and that's how I'm going to defeat evil and put everything right. The people, um, so we learn about the king, the Christ, the anointed, the son of the living God. We learn about the king's plans. It's demonstrated in the way of the cross. And lastly, we look at the king's people. The king's people is us. The king's people, this, what we're about to share is this is how they look and, and this is how they live. So in verse 24, we read, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You want to find, you want to follow after me? Deny yourself. Just like I have, Jesus says, 
Take up your cross. You want life? Then lay it down and lose it. Directly or indirectly, in, in our culture, we define ourselves by, by what we have done, who we might know, and what we have achieved. And Jesus, the King, is saying to be my people, you've got to let go of that. You profit that of the risk of losing yourself, your own soul, and you've got to lose that. Is, is Ben Tool here? It all goes back to Eminem, doesn't it? Right? Of, of, of losing ourselves. By losing yourself, you will discover true living. You will discover true living, abundant, eternal life found in Jesus. This is what it means, what Jesus has described, to, to, to trust and to believe in him. Jesus calls us to this life by, by living this life, by taking up his cross and being and becoming our true example. We can give ourselves our, our, our trust, our will, our lives fully, completely, wholly over to the one who loved us first, died for us, and continues loving us. So going back to this Avengers movie, going back to Thanos. Um, we do have a Thanos. Uh, packaged differently, right? We have an enemy. In the, in the scriptures, we know that our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour, as it shares in 1 Peter. We fight an enemy seeking to kill and to steal and destroy, um, as it shares in, in John's gospel. But here's what's, here's what's awesome. A few verses earlier, when, when Peter gets the true identity of our Savior and King right, Jesus shares this ultimate reality that, that's, that's that's shown in verse 18. So if we could bring that up. And I tell you, after Peter's declaration and Peter's discovery to, to, to who this king really is, he says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we see the king, we see his plans and his people, and, and not just upon Peter, but in this passage, starting, beginning with Peter, God is building his church. It's, uh, the Greek term for that is ekklesia. God is building his ekklesia, people who are, who are called out. People who lose themselves and, and lay down their lives for the gospel, for the kingdom, for the king, and his plans. For his purpose, his kingdom, his people will not be stopped. They can't be stopped. So, 
just going in all cheese mode as I already have, you remember the line that, that began um, of, of these heroes sharing, there was an idea, right? You were, if, you, if you watch the movie, you remember that line, there was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more, to see if they could work together when we needed them to, to fight the battles that we never could. The underlying reality is we are not Avengers. We're more than that. Um, We are the church. Kingdom people under the authority of the king. We follow his lead. We follow his plans. The one who laid down his life that we might live we lay our lives down so that others might discover and know Jesus and take upon the identity of our King. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against that. We win.